as I walked into church today, I saw uh, Foxy wearing shorts. Um, I heard last week there was somebody who took their shirt off. I missed yeah. last week. <laughs> then I thought maybe Foxy's not preaching today. Then I looked for Clint. Clint wasn't here. He's at 3CR. Then I looked at maybe it was Tony. But, yeah. but I do see it. It's our pastor with his shorts on. So. Hey, bud. Buddy. You, uh, you sold me down the river there, my butt. So, so let me be honest and tell you what's happened here with uh, my morning so far. There's been a major bust up in my house because uh, we all walked out the house and Bryce looked at me and said, Dad, where are you going? Because I'm, I'm in shorts today, bud. Uh, he says to me, Dad, you look like a man in his 40s g- going through a midlife crisis with no job. That's what he chews me, but I was like, really, eh? Then he... Then he my, my wife tunes, really, eh? Is that how it is? So someone asked me, you and your wife have had a big fight because she's not sitting here. And I'm like, yeah, something like that. But um, she hasn't left me. She's at Freedom Kids. Yeah, great to have you here, Jordan, my mate. I met him the other day, a pilot. Lovely to have you here this morning. So uh, my wife hasn't left me. She's at Freedom Kids. She said she's going to go and pack her bags after church today and leave me because I, I come in shorts like this. But, but why is it... That you suddenly have a bit of an issue. My mother couldn't believe it that here I am coming to church today in shorts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, mom, she chips here from the front here. We, we respond differently when you, when, when you see the, the, the person up here preaching, isn't it so? And, and so today I, I stand up here in shorts, but I'm going to try and preach properly, and I pray that today people will, will respond to this message that I preach with repentance. That's what I pray as I preach from Romans chapter 14. So I'd love you to open your Bible or your smartphone up. Bronwyn's done that incredible app on that version app. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the info desk, they'll give it to you after the service. But that's something really special to be able to look at while we share from the gospel this morning. God's putting this family together. It's absolutely amazing. It's incredible. Slowly, it's coming together. A group of completely different people. My mate that I married a couple of months back, he decides to bring his gran to church today. Lovely to have you this morning. Different people, young and old, rich and poor, black and white, educated, uneducated. We say that often. Single, married, divorced. He's putting a completely different group of people together. People that wouldn't normally get along. Let's be honest. We wouldn't normally get along with each other, but in view of God's mercy. Say that, in view of God's mercy. We've been doing this series, if you're visiting for the first time in Romans, and this, this line comes up all the time, in view of God's mercy. In view of His mercy for me, in view of His mercy for my life. and he, he, he's, he's given me so much mercy. And in view of His mercy, that's why I treat so and so differently. That's why I live my life. The way I do, because in view of God's mercy, people that wouldn't normally get together, we see a community start happening here in this school hall. And so you've heard me mention a couple of names of some schools in our city, St. Duspens. You've heard me mention the, the moms, the helicopter moms there from St. Duspens. You've heard those, mo- those families, those people I mentioned. You've mentioned me, mentioned the school down the road from the land that God has given us, the Ashton. And you're like, Daryl. It's enough now, but people say to me, you must stop now. You must stop ripping off the specialized bicycle cyclists. It's enough now. But there's there's a reason, AD. There's a reason why I've been mentioning these Sundaspin families and the Ashton families. Because I'm, I'm I'm trying to make you understand 
that it's actually not about those things. It's actually not about St. Dustbins and the Ashton and the guy actually coming to preach in shorts up here this morning. It's actually not about those things. It's about the name of Jesus. And so that's why I've been specifically purposefully doing that the last couple of weeks, just to help you to understand. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Romans chapter 14. You see at the subtitle there, the top of your Bible, it might say there the weak and the strong. Different people, weak people. I've been, I've been weak this week. I have. I said to Jimmy on, on Friday night at Joel for Jesus, or yesterday at setup, I was like, I've been weak. In the, when I'm weak, then, then you're strong. And then when you're weak, then I'm strong. How, how God puts strong and weak people together today. And we see him building this church. It's not a competition, eh? You're laughing, eh? It's only a competition if you enter. And, and when we started Freedom Church in 2017, as, an, as a leadership team, we said, God, this is not going to be a competition. We are not entering the competition to be the best and to be the biggest. We're not entering that competition. We are here to build a Jesus church. That's what we're trying to do here at Freedom Church. And, and so I, I remember 20, but you did a wedding uh, maybe last year. Lamech and, and is it? Where you, hey, how's it, man? Lucky to see you here today. I, I remember 20 did a wedding for the two of you on a Sunday afternoon. Outside near Ibotsi. What's, what's that suburb there where Ibotsi is? What is it? What? Pardon? No, no, it's not Ryanfield. What's that suburb there, Ibotsi? Crystal Park. There we go. Ibotsi is the other side, Crystal Park. Yeah, you all, you Ibotsi, because I'm having another go at you today. Crystal Park, that's where Ibotsi is. I remember Sunday afternoon, and I said to 20, but how, how, how did you actually get to hear about 20? How, how did that connection happen? And, and Tony's like, yeah, actually, I, I, I can't remember. I don't know how Lamech and Izette got to find out about this pastor, 20, could marry them. And then I thought, you know what, maybe, just maybe, Izette's dad, who has a passion and who restores classic cars and Beatles and fast old classic Ford Mustangs, maybe he gets to hear about 20, who has a passion for splitty 1975 VW bus and, and Beatles, and maybe there's the connection there. Maybe your dad, the, the classic car restorer, gets to hear about 20, and he said, maybe, I don't know, just maybe. Maybe that's the connection. And yeah, you sit after 20 marrying you. It's beautiful. And then I heard about another man who's been coming to church because his mother-in-law told him to come to church. And, and he comes to church because his mother-in-law comes to church and, and he loves and has a passion for cars and, and restoring old classics. And I, I found out that actually your dad restores his old cars and classics that he finds from around the world and sends them to your dad. When your dad restores those cars, and I'm thinking, God, this is incredible. He has a connection between your dad and that man because of Tony doing a wedding. You see what's happening here, friends? And we just go from story to story to story about that man at the car wash and that man who comes in, that man brings a... It, it, God is doing something incredible here. And then people say to me, oh, Daryl, hey, you, you sort of preach okay, but your wife, my butt, your wife, she, she's, a, she's a teacher. She's a teacher. And, and, and your brother, Clint, last week when he was up here in red and he shared communion, man, that was proper. And, and when 20 preachers, whew, I, I just sit up and I listen. But when the advocate preaches, 
Uh, that was playing the guitar here this morning. He's an advocate. When he preaches, some people say, then I really listen. <laughs> See, friends, it can't be just one person up here. It's different people with different gifts. God's building a family here. Jesus gets the glory, not man. And the gospel, whoever preaches the gospel, transforms and changes people's lives. So who's going to open their Bible with me to Romans chapter 14 and pray that the gospel comes alive to our hearts today? Where's that mic, my butt? I asked a lady to pray a couple of weeks back and she said no. And then she sent me a WhatsApp to say, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm ready. I thought, okay, that's, that's good. Because you, you, you one day will be bold enough to pray. Who, who wants to pray today that the gospel comes alive and changes people's hearts? Otherwise, I'm just going to go, eh? <laughs> Thank you. Leanne. Let's bow our heads. Close your eyes. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your family. We thank you for your freedom, family, Lord. We thank you for each and every person here, Lord, and we just ask you to come in here and fill each and every one of us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lead us, guide us, speak through Daryl, Lord, and just um, let each and every one of us know how much you truly love us, Lord. And I just ask you, Lord, that anyone that is fearful today to just rebuke that fear and just fill their hearts with peace and love fill their hearts with you we thank you heavenly father for your unconditional love in your precious holy name amen brilliant amen to that prayer romans chapter 14 it says this accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters say disputable matters schools Disputable matters and dustbins. Disputable matters. The Ashton. Disputable matters. Specialized bicycles. Don't pass judgment on disputable matters. Stupid things that we argue about. Guys, we've got to be careful. This is what we're talking about today. Don't worry about those things. They're unimportant. They're unimportant. Disputable matters. Leave them. They're not important. One man's faith allows him to eat everything. Ostrich and crocodile. You actually used to love the Boma on North Rand Road, eh? You go and smash the ostrich and crocodile there. And some of you love the snails. You do. You spend big cash on the snails, eh, Haley? Quibbers like snails. I'll tell you a secret, bud. You can come to my garden. I've got a couple of hundred. You just take them home. You boil them. And then, and then you kind of like hold your, you let that slack, what's it, slacker? Snails in Afrikaans, Nico. You let it, let it slowly go down. The slab just slowly goes down, all the way down, eh? Slacker. I don't know how you can eat snails, but ostrich, crocodile. Okay, maybe ostrich when you're in Oatswin. Nice ostrich fillet. But crocodile, different story. Never mind the snails. One man eats all that stuff. Another man whose faith is weak eats only chicken. Check there. He's weak, China. He only eats chicken. The man who eats everything must not look down on the one who does eat everything. He mustn't condemn the man who does eat everything, for God has accepted him. 
Who are you to judge someone else's servants? Daryl, who the heck are you to stand up here and judge and call some dustbins and the Ashton? You're right, I'm a nobody. I'm actually nobody. Who are you to judge somebody else's servants? To his own master, he stands or falls. And he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Only God is able to make him stand. He can't stand in his own strength. One man considers one day more sacred than another. So one man considers this sacred day, another man considers this day sacred. When I was reading about these sacred days, I was thinking about our carols service that we had on the 11th of December. Last year, it was a Sunday afternoon. It was a mess, but... It was, it, it, well, Ron, hey, listen, it, 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 it flooded. The heavens came down. We had a tent on this grass outside here. And for about half an hour, we had to shut down everything. How we didn't get electrocuted, my boots, I have no idea. I remember Adrian and his boots standing at the back of the tent and saying, I think we need to call it. And I was like, but I wanted to run away. And there was a trip switch here. And I was standing just holding this thing up. Thinking, God, we got to give us help. Just be kind to us. Anyway, it turned out to be okay. You said it was amazing. <laughs> what's, what's a, we, on the Saturday, the day before, it was clear and we were busy setting up and we put up a Christmas tree. Wendy, your friend put up, Tanya, your friend put up a nice big Christmas tree. And some people were saying, let's put the Christmas tree at the back of the tent. Because some people are, are going to be offended if we put the Christmas tree up on the stage and others were saying do not dare put the christmas tree up because the christmas tree is pagan you can't put up a christmas tree at church and so we ended up putting up the christmas tree but we put it up at the back of the church next year ask him we put it up right up front but we make a big mother fluffer christmas tree <laughs> now i'm really offending some of you eh? friends disputable matters disputable matters the only tree that is important in my life is the cross the tree that jesus hung on but I remember that. Look at that cross. Put up a Christmas tree. I think next year we are going to put up a Christmas tree. You know why? Because at Christmas time, some people's hearts are soft. And some people only come to church once, twice a year because it's Christmas. And it's like, oh, I'll come because there's friends disputable matters. And you're getting offended. You're saying, Daryl, how can you talk about the Christmas tree? You must take it down. Actually, to be honest, I don't really agree with Christmas myself. I think Christians get caught, they get trapped when it comes to Christmas because we've got to go and buy people presents with money that we cannot afford. We spend the whole year paying off for the gifts that we bought at Christmas time. So I don't really enjoy, enjoy. and besides my wife's birthday is on the 31st of December. And it's like, two, you know, I want to spoil my wife. You've got Christmas, two things. at So I don't really enjoy Christmas. And if you don't like the tree, don't leave the church. Just come back. Be with me, you and me brew against the tree. Disputable, disputable matters. You with me, friends? That's how we got to think about this, this Christmas tree and, the, and these disputable matters. doesn't matter what you think about the Christmas tree. So, so now we start talking about Shabbat on a Friday night. Come on, guys. And my friend, he's a good friend of mine. The other day, he brought a horn to church. Starts blowing the horn here in the horn. I'm like, but you're my mate, but we don't do that here. Because that is stuff from the Old Testament. I don't have to do Shabbat. I don't have to blow a horn. 
And I love my mates. And we're still very tight. There's no issues there. I don't have to go to Jerusalem. Jesus is enough for me. He's enough for you. He's enough for you. But there's these disputable matters. Let's talk about some of these disputable matters. Can we? Besides the tree tattoos. Whoa, Daryl, you're opening up a can here, my bud. Let's talk about tattoos. Uh, What's your opinion? What's my opinion? To be honest, friends, you don't have to care about my opinion. And I, I don't have to worry about your opinion. The only opinion that you need to worry about is God's opinion in your life. And guys, I'll tell you a secret. God doesn't care about your opinion. Let me explain that. I'll say it again. God doesn't care about your opinion. He only cares about your attitudes towards that person who either has a tattoo or doesn't have a tattoo. He only cares about your attitude towards that person. He doesn't care, couldn't be bothered about your opinion. It's your attitude. Am I judging that oak? Am I accepting that oak? And people with tattoos, they try and justify. Friends, if you've got a tattoo, live with it. Live with it. People say to me, Daryl, why don't you have a tattoo? I'm like, well, but firstly, can, can you see my... my st- <laughs> I, I, I don't have that, bud. There's no space to put a tattoo on, on, on that, bud. And, and, I, and I've seen pastors. That they've, put, they've put their, I love Anthea. Hi, Daryl, meet my wife, Melanie. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. And, and, I, and I tune out, okay, but um, tell, me, tell me a little bit about Anthea. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, well, you know, mm, about that. Friends, disputable matters. Disputable matters whether people have got tattoos or not. Disputable matters. What do you think about bodybuilding, Daryl? I don't care about bodybuilding. Some people love bodybuilding. My opinion doesn't matter whether you bodybuild or you don't bodybuild. I just don't know why the guys who bodybuild end up wearing their wife's t-shirts to church every single Sunday, but <laughs> I understand that. But. <laughs> but what do you think about all of these things? Disputable matters. Disputable. Unimportant. Unimportant. Disputable matters. It's completely irrelevant. Your opinion is irrelevant. And friends... I want to be part of, each, of a church where I lay aside my opinion about these disputable matters. And I come to church on a Sunday and I see my mate from a wedding a couple of weeks ago. And I see Lamech and Izet because of meeting 20. And I see that man coming to church because somehow there's a connection between restoring cars. I want to be part of a church where all these disputable matters are put aside. Who be that with me? St. Dunstan's and Ashton and special, see, I can get it right. These disputable matters, unimportant. And it doesn't matter what we eat. I saw my mate Sagrin at the Bedford Center on Wednesday, and I'm trying my hardest to, re, to eat that red hot chicken curry full of chili. I can't get it right, but I sit there sweating. And he's like, what's wrong with you? It doesn't matter what we eat. Disputable matters let's carry on reading one person considers one day 
more sacred than another. Another person considers every day alike. It's just another normal day. Each person should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. What do you think about that Christmas tree on Christmas Day? Who cares? It's irrelevant. Don't worry about it. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains does so to the Lord and give thanks to God. For none of us live lives for ourselves alone. And none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. It doesn't matter what you eat. It doesn't matter what school you go to. It doesn't matter what bicycle you ride. It doesn't matter what you eat or don't eat. It doesn't matter. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. And this is going to hit us today, friends. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why? Why, Daryl, do you judge your brother or your sister? Why do you judge that man, Daryl? Why, why do you look at him and, and, and there's something? Why do you do that, Daryl? Why do you do that? Remember I said there's going to be some repentance today, friends. Oh, Daryl, I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm putting myself in the front of the queue there. You then, why? Why are you judging your brother or your sister? The way they worship on a Sunday. You look at them, he's giving me age. Are they really worshiping God because they're actually standing like that? Why do you judge your brother when he worships and he's like, why, why do you judge your brother by, by how they come to church, by how they dress, mom? I mean, let's be honest. You're like, there's no way my son's preaching today up here, but it's impossible. Why then do you judge your brother or your sister? How they sing, what they wear, short pants, long pants. I saw a man on Tuesday morning. So how long am I day? Hop past six in the morning. I leave home. My wife says, where are you going? She says, no, I feel like I'm going to go and visit that man in his office. I just rock up at his office. He's there early. I was, I was, he says to me, you know, I've been judged. Because I spend time with so-and-so in our city. Wow. Why do we judge? Why do we judge people, friends? Let's have a look at what Jesus says about how we judge people. Turn with me to Mark chapter 7. You don't have to because it's on the board. It should be. Lynn thinks. This is Jesus. He's talking to the Pharisees because these freaking Pharisees are judging Jesus' disciples. And they're telling Jesus' telling Jesus that his disciples are not obeying, they're not living according to the tradition of the elders. And so this is the way he responds. I love it. In verse 6, he replies, Isaiah the prophet was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. I don't know what tone he's using here. As is written, these people, you guys, you hypocrites, you honor me only with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. See how the Bible lines up, friends. From Isaiah, hundreds of years ago, now Jesus is telling them straight to their faces here. They worship me. You guys worship me in vain. And, and your teachings that you talk about, they're all but rules taught by men. Then he hits them straight between the eyeballs here. There's one liner. You have let go of the commands of God, and you are holding on to human traditions. You freaking hypocrites. You let go of the commands of God. And then verse 14. He says, listen to me, Whew, comma, everyone, not just a couple of you. Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. 
Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. This is high grade. I'm going to work it out now in standard grade terms. Rather, it is what comes out of him that makes him unclean. Okay? So, so he's, he's tuning here in verse 18 again. He tunes, are you so dull? I like the words that Jesus picks. Eh? Are you so dull? Don't you see that nothing enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? What's he talking about here? Sushi? Snails? Underdone medium rare steak that we eat? Nothing that we have and eat from the outside can make us unclean on the inside because he says it goes out. Ladies, forgive me. Number two. That's the standard great reading and translation I'm getting from this. Nothing that you eat from, from here can make you unclean on the outside. Do you understand that? For it doesn't enter his heart. It goes into his stomach. That food, that sushi, that snail, that steak, that crocodile goes into your stomach and it goes out. On the outside, number two. He goes, he says, yeah, what comes out of a man? You catch this. What comes out of his mouth? His words. That is what makes him unclean. What, what comes out of my mouth, what comes out of what I say, how I judge, what I, what I do through my mouth, that is what makes him unclean. I don't like shorts in church. Sorry, mom, I'm picking on you. I, I don't like that style of worship. I, I don't like it when that person does that. I don't like such and such type of people. I don't like them. Where is that coming from, God? coming from here it's coming from my heart it's coming from the inside and those things are making me unclean those are the things that jesus is going after god sort out the stuff here don't worry about the food and the freaking snails or sushi or steak worry about what's here on the inside do you catch that friends he's saying forget the traditions of men and lay hold of the commands of god Forget the traditions of men. And so we inherit all these traditions of men, all these disputable matters that we've spoken about. Jesus is enough. Vote to Jesus is enough, but all these traditions, Jesus is enough. And if you don't understand that Jesus is enough, then you won't understand that the Bible says, you must have grace for me, Auntie Renee. And when you see me in the traffic and, and I'm blowing my, you must have grace for me when i'm weak and you strong you must have grace for me and edwin when 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 you when you weak and and i'm strong then, then i must have grace for you that's what the bible is talking about your friends you catch it you with me does it make sense lauren you with me let's go back to romans chapter 14 why do you look down on your brother but not only why are you looking down on that oak but because he spends time with so-and-so. Why are you looking down on him? When he comes to shorts, when he does that, does this, does that. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It's getting interesting now. It is written, as surely as I live, says Jesus, every knee, one day, every single knee will bow. And every tongue will acknowledge God. Big one liner, stay with me. So then, each one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about that guy. Daryl, don't worry about that situation. You worry about your own account that you've got to give to God one day. Whew. 
Don't worry, don't judge. Don't worry, they're going to have to give an account. Daryl, don't worry, you, can, you worry about the account that you've got to give to God one day. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about her. And over time, as you boys come to Joel for Jesus on a Friday night, and you sit in your, your life group during the week, and you come to church on a Sunday, over time, slowly, little bit by little bit, we start working out these things in our hearts. Little bit by little bit, over time, over time. And that man at the car wash says to me, tell me a little bit about baptism. I want to understand why must I actually get baptized. Over time, little bit by little bit, over time we start working out these things in our hearts. I saw your daughter on Friday night, ma'am. She just lost her grandpa. She comes here over time, little bit by little bit. She works these things out on a Friday night in this, in this very school hall. Over time, we give space to each other, guys. We're giving space to each other. We have to. That's what Jesus is telling us to do, man. Over time, we let go of these disputable matters. Oh, the Christmas tree again. And, and how that person looks and how this person dresses. Over time, we let all of these things go. We don't worry about these disputable matters. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. How many of us are judgmental? Oh, you're right, Auntie Debbie, because I see five hands. You're super spiritual. (laughs) How many of us are judgmental? There we go. My mom's got two hands up here. Keep them up. Let's be real, guys. How many of us are judgmental? Today, I challenge myself, I challenge us. Can we repent? Can we repent of being judgmental today? Can we stop today, all of us, who are admitting that we're judgmental? So you're saying, okay, Daryl, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop being judgmental. How do I do that? How, how practically do I stop being judgmental when, when I start judging that person haven't even left church and they're getting into their car and I'm looking at that and I'm looking at that, I'm looking at his wife. How do I stop being judgmental? Well, let's carry on reading because the Bible is a solution to all of these answers. Verse 13, instead of judging, guys, make up your mind. Make your mind up not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother or sister's way. Any stumbling block. Make your mind up. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, Paul says, I am con- I'm fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. J- Jesus said that in Mark 7. We've just read there, Andy. You, you read it in your Bible. Jesus said it. No food's unclean. Now Paul is saying, guys, I'm fully convinced because Jesus said it, I believe it. I'm fully convinced. And I ask you today, when Jesus says something in the Bible, are you fully convinced and do you believe it? Are you fully convinced on what Jesus says in the Bible? Oh, I'm a Christian. Are you? Are you? Are you fully convinced? Is your life leading up to what Jesus says in the Bible? But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it's unclean. If I don't want to eat snails, then for me it's unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, then you are no longer acting in love. Do you know what I hate? I hate chicken livers. I'm serious, guys. My wife loves chicken livers. 
And, and so we'll go out with friends who also love chicken livers. And, and so we'll sit around the table and I'm checking their eyes. They're fixed on the chicken livers dish. And I'm like, please, guys. I mean, I mean that smell, please, please, guys. And, and they say, you know what, that's a bit unfair. So you're telling us that we can't eat chicken livers, but you, Daryl, you're flipping loud, but... And you, and, you, and you sort of dominate the conversation at times and you, you, you're loud when you call the waiter and you ask the music to be, you, you just take, I'm saying, okay, can we honor God around the table where we sit? I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll come down a few levels because I want to honor you, I want to respect you. Can I ask that, that maybe tonight you just don't eat chicken livers just for tonight and maybe, and we come around, we come around the table and we honor God and we, and we respect each other in the decisions that we make. Does that make sense? Are you with me, friends? I don't have to win every single freaking conversation. Jesus won. Jesus has won. I don't have to win. I don't have to dominate. I don't have to get my opinion on. Jesus won. What do you think about the Christmas tree? Oh, sure, I've got my opinion. And you've got your opinion. But it doesn't matter. I know one tree. That's the only tree that Jesus hung on where victoriously we were given life. And we were set free. You know, friends, Romans 14 is an incredible chapter. Connie, stay with me. But it's a scripture that I think we've actually got to, got to read and, and got to get on our knees and say, God, it is an absolute privilege to be doing church with Lamech and Izet from a wedding, to be doing church with that man and that man who may come back after six years and that man who's also in the... It's a privilege. And I want to lay aside. I want to put my opinions down. Because it's actually got nothing to do with me. It's all about what's happening here in the school hall. You agree? And if I look at you sitting here today, I'm sure there's been many times where I've preached or somebody's preached from up here and you think, flip that person, you're making me mad. But friends, we've got to preach the gospel. We've got to carry on doing what we believe God has called us to do in our city and preach the gospel. That's what we've got to carry on doing. And so I'm sorry if sometimes I'll make you mad. These disputable matters, they're deep things. These disputable matters we've conformed to in our lives. These disputable matters have become ingrained in us as we've grown up. Putting on a pair of shorts and coming to church next week. Let me challenge you, men. How hard would it be? If you decided to come to church in shorts tomorrow, next Sunday, and, you, and you're looking at me saying, but I do it every Sunday anyway. I'm standing there. It's not a problem for me. Okay. All right. You, you're being bold there, but let, let, me, let, me, let me have a go here. Imagine the worship team had said to us during worship this morning, pause and worship God in a completely different, new fresh way that you've never worshipped him in before oh i stand and worship god like that see now i'm going after you with something here because you brought up in a certain way of worshiping jesus through tradition through churches like this some of you worship jesus like this i'm saying for those of you who sometimes kneel maybe next time lie down now i'm going after you because i'm saying put these disputable matters aside and when you see someone lying down and worshiping god are you going to judge them how are you going to look at them when that person's dancing, how are you going to look at them? 
You see that person there. How are you going to look at them? Because you do not know what's going on in their heart. Maybe they are just able to come and stand like this and worship God from the end. How are we judging people with these issues in our life? So shorts, yes, but no problem. But now we're going on a way, way deeper level when we're talking about worship. Verse 16. Do not allow what you know is good to be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Catch this. But of righteousness. Say righteousness. And peace. And joy. In the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God. And receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification family dinners where you've got to win the conversation put those things aside friends do not destroy the work of god for the sake of food i'm going after some of us today you banting oaks when, when you get a piece of french toast put in front of you by somebody who's hosting you for breakfast or for brunch you must eat it you say no daryl i'm a banting no no you're a christian you say, no, Daryl, it's going against my conviction. Do it for their sake. Do it for their sake. And, and I do understand that there's some of us here who have very severe health issues when it comes to our, our diet. M my wife has a friend. I think she's here today. She's been coming to church. She's got a very severe health issue. She has to be so careful w with what she eats. I know two men here today whose wives have got very severe health issues. They have to be so careful with what they eat. But could it be something like this, ladies and gents, if you have an issue with health, could it be something like you saying, can I ask if, if I don't eat this because this is the reason why I've got this health issue? C can we be gentle with each other? C can we do it in, in that way if, if we've got a severe issue with, with what we can or can't eat? Is that okay, guys? Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine. <coughs> Sorry, I just had something on my throat here, guys. It's better not to drink meat or eat wine. <coughs> or to do anything else. Say anything else. It is better not to do anything else that would cause your brother or sister to fall. So, so the Bible is saying, if wine causes your brother or your sister to stumble, then you mustn't drink. Oh, you're hitting a topic yet, Daryl. Let me open the can. Michelle and I went to a church planting conference in Maritzburg couple years ago and we went for dinner with a pastor and his wife and we sat down at the restaurant and the, the pastor and his wife ordered a beer each and, and they looked at us and, and I ordered a coke Michelle ordered a coke zero and they said you know what um, we'll change our order we, we won't order a beer just give us a coke and I was like no guys don't worry for me it's no friends we've got to be careful when we're with people oh well we're we talking about you Daryl well I had a mate who ran a life group you sir might know this man and we heard about a story, of a friend of his came out of rehab and, and so he was involved with addiction and, and goes to the bra with the life group, lack of social, the, the, the owner of the house, the host opens the fridge, says, but you want a beer? If you are drinking wine and it's causing one of your friends or your family to stumble, the Bible is saying, 
do not drink. And you're saying, Daryl, do you have a problem with alcohol? I do. I do. I asked my dad when I was a young boy, I asked him, I said to him, Dad, why, why do you never drink? He said to me, my boy, my dad, he said, used to wake up every single morning, two, three o'clock in the morning, and he says, I used to hear him going down the passage and opening up the cupboard. And he says, I often used to walk up down the passage and say, Dad, please don't drink. Please don't drink. He says, that's why I don't drink, my boy. He says, because I have an addictive personality. He says, my boy, he says boy, if I drink, he says, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to get me. And he's saying, oh, Daryl, you're going after the, the drinking thing quite hard today. Let me say, friends, of the 100% drinkers who drink here, 35% of you should never drink. 35% of you should not drink. And, and, and you're saying, Daryl, you're being legalistic. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you, friends, that 35% of us sh- should not drink when it comes to alcohol because it causes others to fall. It causes family to fall. It causes kids and wives and marriages to become trapped. That's where I'm going to with this thing, friends. 35% of us shouldn't drink when it comes to alcohol. That Greek word, fall, stumble, is a Greek word. Some of my Greek mates say, yeah, lucky having you, scandalon. You know what that word scandalon is? Let me show you what a word scandalon or a trap is here. So, so these guys put this up yesterday. They've been wanting to try and catch a hardy dog. I mean, it's a big trap there, but. And so the scandalon, the trap, this is what it's called. When you, when you want to catch a bird or you want to catch an animal, you'll set up the trap. You'll set the scandalon up and you'll put some bird seed there or some food for the leopard in Edenville that they supposedly have caught. And they'll make sure that when, that when that animal or that bird comes there, suddenly, as it's there, they'll pull it. And that's the trap that gets set. And through these disputable issues, through the things that the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart right now, maybe it's not alcohol, maybe it's pornography. I'll tell you a story. Pastors are supposed to be perfect. It's a Friday, guys. I'm tired. I've had a really stressful week. And I'm at home all alone. And I'm bored. And I'm... Bryce is out. Cass is out. Michelle's out. I'm home alone. And whew, I'm like, yes. I'm sitting on the couch. And I've got the remote. And I'm scrolling through Netflix. I'm like, geez, Daryl. Scandal on her trap. That can be set before us so easily, friends. And I had to get up from that couch. And I had to say, I'm not going to fall for this trap. I'm not going to stumble into this. Because it's going to trap my kids. And my boy one day is going to tune me. Dad, do you ever watch porn? So I get off that couch and I put the remote down. And I take the scandal on. I take the trap. And I put it up against the cross. Because that is the only stick that is going to take my trap. And never allow me to be entrapped from anything. And I say to us, guys, put that scandal on, put that trap at the side of the cross and it will never trap you. And you will be set free and you will not be entrapped. And that's the only way to deal with these stumbling blocks that cause us to stumble and cause our families 
to become entrapped. You want to do that today? Like I did on Friday. I might have to do again. You want to you put that stumbling block, that trap, the scandal on. You want to put it at the foot of the cross. Stand with me. Only if this is a God moment, eh, God? Next week might be your God moment. I don't stand because someone else is standing. The scandal on, the trap that the enemy sets before us that can wreck our lives and wreck our families. You make a decision with me today. Put it up against the cross where Jesus gave us victory and set us free. And the scandal on the trap may come again. We put it up again at the foot of the cross. And we say, Jesus, I don't want my stumbling block to trip me up. I don't want to get trapped under the stumbling block. Set me free because of the power of the cross, what you did on the cross, Jesus. Set me free so my family will no longer be trapped in that. And my whole marriage, my life, my kids will be destroyed. In Jesus' name, set us free today. Through the blood of Jesus, and what you've done on the cross, set us free today, Jesus, from those traps, those scandalons that trip us up. And if you agree with that prayer, with me, you say amen. amen. Take our seats quickly. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I'll finish with this. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Those three words, that's how Jesus wants us to live. Come stand here, Jimmy. You with your tats there, my bud. And your jeans and tacky. So, I didn't know you as Mr. Stark, but you, you smartly dressed. You remind me of my dad. Come stand here quickly. A man with tats. Yeah, right next to him, Mr. Stark. And, and, and a man smartly dressed, a little bit older. Righteousness. We've used this analogy before. Righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus comes over them. And when I look at Mr. Stark, and when I look at Jimmy with his tats, I see them like this. I see them with the righteousness of Jesus that he's put upon them. Come on, man. Thank you, Mr. Stark. Mom, come here quickly. Sheesh, pick on day, Mom. Eh? Sorry. So when you can join Michelle when she can go home with her. But, but, but mom, this is a story. Yeah? When you worship Jesus, just turn the other way on a Sunday and you watch your granddaughter and your grandson play. You, you worship Jesus like that. Hey? No, 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 no. That's revival. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 mom. No, no, no. That, that, that's, that's how my mom worships Jesus. And, and yes, sometimes there is a bit of revival and, she, and she'll raise her hand like that. Thank you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I worship Jesus, friends, I don't want it to be any different from when I'm with my mates at a jaw and I'm having my coke and I'm giving it a go and we're making ourselves look stu- I want to worship Jesus like this, friends. I want to worship Him wildly and crazily where I'm free and I'm not put in a box and I can worship Him with the righteousness that He's put upon my life. And you don't look at me and think, freak, who the heck is that? And, and you don't look at my mom... And you see, you see it with the righteousness of Christ.
Righteousness. He's made us righteous. How dare we look at people without looking at them through the eyes of righteousness that Jesus has given? Peace. I can come here with peace in my heart. And I can look at my family dynamics at the moment. Don't worry, my marriage is fine, guys, okay? I can look at other family dynamics, things that are happening in my family, but I've got peace in my heart. And I can extend the same peace to that man and to that lady. And I can sit at a coffee shop in Pretoria for two hours speaking to somebody that I've only met twice and we can unpack the Bible and we can speak about our sexuality and we can try and unpack what the... I give them that peace that I have. And I can go to work tomorrow and I can face that client who's absolutely un... It's just... But you've got joy. You've got joy. Happiness is what the world gives. Joy is what the Holy Spirit gives you. Righteousness. I've been made righteous because of what Jesus has done. Put that righteousness over me. I can stand you. Truth of the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't know what's happened in your heart today. I think it's been all over the place. But I pray today that you would be able to just close your eyes, put your hands on your lips, and pray this prayer with me. Don't repeat it. Just, just let me pray it. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I no longer want to judge people. What comes out of my mouth is what makes me unclean. And that's from my heart. Deal with me, God, in these things of my heart. So that we won't be a stumbling block. We won't have our families entrapped and our lives entrapped and in bondage. Thank you for setting us free, Jesus, from all of that. Maybe take a photo today before you leave of you reminding yourself next week, next month, next year that you're going to carry on putting that scandal on that trap at the foot of the cross. Because that tree is the only tree that counts. The name of Jesus is the one that gives us victory. Not the person preaching here, but the gospel that sets us free. In Jesus' name, amen.